Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am good. How about yourself, Stevie Stacks? Uh, Well, you got over COVID, so now it's my turn, huh? Uh, <laughs> I hope I don't got it, but I got a little cold going on. I still on. ain't tested negative yet. I'm still COVID positive, technically, but still oh, okay. yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Hope you're hope you're negative negative now, or you know, the next <laughs> test comes in good. But well, all, all that aside, we we had this is episode 191 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Homeway, Uber, Lyft, all that share economy fun stuff podcast in the world. We are coming at you from Arlington, Texas, and Fort Worth, Texas, and we have a special guest, Micah. Who is our guest, Stevie Stack? Tatiana Taylor Tate, otherwise known as Triple T. I just I just made that up. Trust me, that's been going on for a while. So <laughs> Triple T, I like that. So Tatiana is an award-winning interior designer and short-term rental coach from Vancouver, Canada. After honing her craft these past seven years, she now helps individuals design beautiful homes and create passive income with short-term rentals. Welcome to the show, Tatiana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So interior design. How did you get into interior design? Honestly, um, I actually fell into it. I originally went to school for marketing and graphic design. And I kind of had an eye, I guess some people could say. And one of my friends recommended me and introduced me to this developer who I guess was like in a pinch and needed some help designing a property. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. Let me give it a try. The developer and the homeowners absolutely loved what I put together. And he just like kept asking me for more jobs. So I was just contracting my time to him. Because at that time, I was running my own marketing agency on the side. So I was like, let me stay doing what I'm doing. If you need help, of course, like I love these projects. It's super fun. So I kept doing that and it kept getting busier and busier. So eventually he was like, can I bring you on to our team? Um, So I was like, yeah, of course. But it was so funny because the whole time I was trying to be like one leg out, still like freelancing, doing my own thing. Um, but I loved, I fell in love with interior design and the ability to help people throughout the whole process and really kind of create something beautiful that was a reflection of themselves. And that's what my the whole passion behind it became. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that, that is cool. It just took you down a whole new road that you didn't think you were going to go on. Just saying yes. That's the motto. <laughs> just say yes. I like it. It's the opposite of the drug thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So so you've been doing it for seven years now. Um, I, I, You know, there is there is something to it because uh, we, we've tried to, uh, you know, uh, when we are in the early days of starting uh, Airbnb. Anybody, you know, they could just you know put grandma's furniture in there and put it on the website. Let's go. Right. And then then people started getting to interior designers and they were like, oh, crap, we got to up, up our game a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but there is something, I mean, amazing about it's an art. It's an art form. And and I appreciate it. I mean, I'm not the best at it. You know, I, I, so we have a million questions about that and, and about you know how you got into Airbnb and stuff. But one uh, first question, can you can you Walmart out about badass place yeah well honestly to like there's certain places i don't know walmart in the states you guys is way better than in canada (laughs) um so that's the one thing you guys have like so much more to offer when it comes to walmart we don't even have target anymore they revoked our target card right away um there was some like fraud thing that happened i guess when target was out here they had like a credit card oh that happened here too but yeah Oh, that, that wiped them out right here. 
Canada but, will play. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't no, play. and so when it comes to Walmart, a hundred percent, I would say yes, because there's certain things, especially for my clients that I do have. Um, I manage properties in this, a couple properties in the states. I am like, let's get this from Target. Let's get this from Walmart. Like all the stores that we don't have out here, I'm trying to like order online to their houses um, out there. Even your guys' Amazon selection is better furniture wise than what we have. Um, So a thousand percent, yes. There's select pieces, especially now with more interior designers making collections with Walmart and Target. So I think there's a lot of gems that you can kind of add into your home for a fraction of the cost. Wow. So you're all over the place with your designs, Canada, US, everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a, a lot of my, I try to find suppliers that will ship to both the States um, and Canada. And while I'm here in Mexico, actually, I've, have you guys seen like a lot of the like live edge tables, the wood, t- solid wood tables that everyone loves? Have you seen those? I have one in my Houston unit, a in designer put it unit? in there. Mm-hmm. So that anything live edge wood like that is so affordable out here. So I'm already trying to like think of ways that I can like ship it back home. <laughs> So now in your business, now, do you just only do the design now? Or are you actually in the short-term rental game as well for yourself? It's still in short-term rentals. I absolutely love it. I actually did um, a flip of a condo not too long ago. And then I was renting it out short-term rentals and then we sold it. So now I have my eye open for another property uh, that we'll probably be purchasing in spring. Uh, but this one is more of like a vacation area. It's in the interior of um, BC, which is about, I guess, probably like a three and a half, four hour drive from Vancouver, where I originally live. Um, so that will be a good investment. I have a couple properties out there that I manage, uh, one including one for my family. And the numbers out there just make sense. So, I, and the rules make sense. That's the one thing too. Um, Vancouver has some of the strictest short-term rental rule regulations out there. Really? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're so originally in Vancouver, you are not allowed to do short-term rental. Uh, so anything under thirty days, unless it is your principal residence or it is the private room route. So um, there's that doesn't mean you can't make money out here. There is a big industry for 30 days or more, especially through the film industry is huge out here. So that's where most of my clientele comes from. Um, But originally, and we can get into this later as well, because I know I'm hopping all over the place for you guys here. But originally, um, what I did when I first got started, well, the second property that I got started on, I rented a house from a developer that was, it was a short-term deal because he was going to flip and build townhomes eventually anyways. Mm -hmm. But instead of sitting on the property empty and dealing with like break-ins and, you know, homeless people staying in it, I cut a deal and was like, Hey, let me rent from you. And when you say it's over, it's over. We'll pack up and go. Um, And that was a seven bedroom house. I rented it, ran it like a hostel. (laughs) And from there, you guys that I don't know if you know real estate in Vancouver, but it is insane. Um, A two bedroom condo is a million dollars out here. Um, So that seven bedroom house gave me the ability to put a down payment on a two bedroom condo um, and renovate from there. So it was uphill from there. And I absolutely love that concept. But you I think you have to be a little strong for that one, because it definitely took years of my life off dealing with that kind of many turnovers. <laughs> wow. So you went from the arbitraging, managing and owning. I like that way how you arbitrage that seven bedroom. That that was that's that's pretty dope. So like right now, how do you I guess it's a question that I've been kind of having, like, because I'm about to hop in the management side just for one unit. But this unit is huge. It's like a three thousand bedroom house, three thousand square foot house. Um, how do you like. How do you manage, like, do you like the management side? How do you go about managing a property? 
I like, I'm a big like hospitality person. I love the management mm-hmm. side. So making sure people are having an amazing stay and it's a personalized stay is super important to me. I have a team now, so I have a VA and everything that I work with that helps, but mm-hmm. I feel honestly, it's all about the procedures and processes that you put in place. And the more that you're like, okay, I have a procedure for this. I have a checklist for this. This is how we deal with this scenario. Then the easier it makes your life. And that's kind of what I've gone through. Of course, you always get a random curveball thrown out of nowhere. Um, or, you know, as much as I love tech, it is not always 100%. And something happens. Um, I've had people like I had the August lock in that seven bedroom house. And I've had people unplug at the time, the August lock didn't have the new generation. So they unplugged the router. So then <laughs> the like nobody could get in or anything like that. So I've dealt with nightmares like that, but I think if you always have the proper procedures or like how you're going to fix that situation in place, then that makes it a lot easier. Question, you said you own your team. so. Who's on your team and the people on your team, what are their roles? So I have a virtual assistant. I I do have a business manager, but that's more for my business stuff. Mm. Um, But yeah, a VA, I have two to three cleaners in rotation. It depends because, so the thing about that is I have cleaners in Canada and I have cleaners in the States in Dallas and um, Atlanta. So Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a couple on rotation there just in case something happens, uh, as well as handymen. And then my one VA though is in the Philippines and she helps kind of like with messaging or anything from that. Um, and I kind of just oversee it, but we have most of our stuff already automated. Wow. So your role, you're, you're just hundred percent the manager. Yeah. Well, right now I oversee on top of things, but I try not to get involved if I don't have to. That's the best thing to do it. I'm that, that's my, like my year right now is I, my goal is to fully outsource everything. And that's all I was asking you about the teams, their procedures, their checklists. Um, so it sounds like you're uh, planning on expanding out to Mexico. How's that going for you? I honestly, I love it. It's so funny. And I felt kind of bad because the place I'm staying at right now, it's absolutely beautiful, but it's like newly listed. So they don't have a lot of the things. So I've already talked to the building manager and I'm like, I'm not trying to annoy you, but I think you should check out this furnishing checklist that I have here. And see. So that's He's definitely asked me some questions while he's here and has gotten me involved with um, the developer of the building as well. Um, Mm. I I love this unit. I I was thinking about even purchasing this unit, but I think for the area, I'd like to do something that's more pre-sale or like the ground up that I have a little bit more say in the way way things would be. Um, But no, it's super cool out here. Again, it's so like it's booming so so many people are coming out here and traveling out here uh so i see in like a couple of years it's going to be completely different than what it is right now so there's a lot of future potential um but of course you want to always keep in mind that the market's not too oversaturated and there's not too many properties sitting empty so as long as i maintain a competitive edge i'm sure it'll be great Yeah. When I was in Playa del Carmen, there was cranes everywhere in condos just for sale. Like down to where you are, how much are they they trying to sell the condo? How much are the condos going for? Mm, The con. Okay. So I messaged the agent today and there's some that are about a hundred thousand us that. So I don't know in Playa del Carmen, it's different here in Tulum Mm -hmm. that you actually have to like pay it out. Um, There's some, there's some, developers that will like offer financing but you have to usually pretty much have the cash up front to buy it um but there's some for a hundred thousand plus this unit that i'm in right now which i'm sure i'm i have a reel on it eventually i'm going to launch it after i probably leave here um but that one it's a two level two bedroom condo with a rooftop patio um and this one i think he told me because it's U.S. I, again, I would wish I was just making U.S. money because in Canada, it's way higher. But it was two 
90 US, which worked out being like 360 Canadian. Oh. And, and he, does he offer financing? Uh, apparently his developer does offer financing. Yeah, we got to talk more about that because I, I like to get a beachfront condo out in you know Mexico, especially with everyone who's going to Tulum from the States. Like, Because last year, if you had a condo, man, you were probably banking. Well, even looking at it, I was like looking, I'm such a creep when it comes to stuff. I was like looking at the units and I was looking at his numbers on Airbnb. I was like, I was like, you're not li- li- like doing the full potential here. You need to I'm like trying to convince him. Um, but I guess they, he said, it's so funny because he said that people in Mexico, like the locals or anything like that, they have a total different mentality here. So no, everyone's just like happy with what they got. Nobody's like make money mentality out here, like trying to do that. And I'm just like rolling in, trying to make things happen. I'm like you guys are leaving money on the table. Let's get this done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's how it was when i was in uh when i was in playa it's like i'm like man they're charging pretty cheap for this pretty nice place you overlook the beach and then there's a restaurant right below you but yeah it's a different mentality that that is definitely true and that's i, I think that's where the opportunity is mm-hmm. and that's why i think so one of the stories that they the developer told me sorry the building manager told me out here is that there was this one guy so there's this big developer now that's crazy out here it's called like los amigos or anything like that and literally like every 10th building or something is that developer's brand and apparently he said um, my building manager was telling me that this guy was just a hippie coming from europe and was just hanging out on the beach and like in 10 years blew up as a crazy developer and now is like taking over tulum so really if you have the backing, the financial backing or support or whatever you need and the motivation to do it. I'm sure it's out here for you. Mm. Something to think about. So how do you like the, um, the Mexican freedom towards the COVID versus the Canada's lockdowns? Very, very, (laughs) we're getting political over here. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it's like, it's night and day. I don't like know if you know how strict Canada is right now. It's insane. Um, we have, do you guys have vaccine passports? Not yet. Yeah. They've been talking uh, about it. Well, no, no, no. So, we, no. I'm sorry. We just have the vax cards. Yeah, we don't have so to. Yeah. Call Antonio if you need one. Go ahead. <laughs> we have full on vaccine passports. You have to show these passports to go into a restaurant, into the movie theater, like literally everything. The only place you don't have to show the vaccine passport is the grocery stores right now. Um, and we, they shut down, they just opened it up, I heard again, but they shut down our gyms again just uh, after Christmas until January 18th. So no gyms, there was like no sports activities or anything like that. Um, but it was like weird because other things were still open that didn't make sense. So like the gyms were closed and you can do yoga gyms classes, nothing for your health, but you could go to the movie theater to watch Spider-Man or like things like that. So like, it just like didn't make sense. And there's a lot of backlash about it. Um, and I think unfortunately it's kind of torn people apart. So like I'm one of those people that are like, whatever you believe in, all the power to you, regardless, like, I don't want to get involved. Um, But, you know, like I've had friends lose their jobs and everything like that, that were in the nursing community um, and like were helping people. And then all of a sudden, because they didn't want to, you know, take the vaccine or do anything like that. Now they are out of a job and, you know, a lot of people are having tough times over here. Uh, well, in Canada. So I have a lot of sympathy that goes out, um, but hopefully we get to see some positive changes soon. But from the news, it does not look like it's happening. Mm. Now, with it being that strict, how, how does that affect like the travel and then the, the Airbnb income and short-term rentals? How, what was the effect of that? So originally, like in 2020, when it happened, like, you know, when everyone was spooked, I'm sure everyone kind of like felt it for a little bit. Um, Then it went right back up. um, After kind of everyone was like, hey, 
I'm sick and tired of being in my living room. I'm just going to travel, you know, to the island or to the interior or anything like that. So it picked up from there. Then, you know, they got more news and it locked down again. Um, but, you know, suddenly people kind of started being like, you know what, I'm not going to listen to this anymore and I'm going to start going. Um, there are pretty strict, like we have to, Mexico, you didn't have to take a test to leave, but we do have to take a test c- coming back in. But I know like traveling to the States, you have to take a test before you go um, as well as coming back in. Yeah, they made us take a test on the uh, before before we left. Mm-hmm. I don't know how legit that test was. It was just like some whole door hole and some dude just randomly, <laughs> randomly kind of tapped you with a little swab. And I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> well, I to go home. Oh man, that sounds like a traumatizing experience. Yeah, it didn't. I don't, it was actually quite trust, easy. I just didn't know how legitimate it was. Trust this man through this door hole. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I heard that is it is it non-Canadian residents when they come back from from out of the country they have to like quarantine two weeks or something like that at a hotel. So non-Canadian residents do have to quarantine. Um, it's weird because my friends just drove across the border and they have to quarantine for 14 days, but I'm flying into Canada and I won't have to quarantine. So like, doesn't really make sense. So mm. I don't know. I just do what they say. <laughs> like, we're just following it so we can tr- like, so we can at least go out and then whatever you say for us to come back in. Sure. So just stay in Mexico. You'd be all right. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> So I have a question. So how, how is the Canadian outside? What is like a, a affordable area in Canada where you could have a good short-term rental? Like I have some in Banff and I've been to Vancouver a bunch of times because I grew up about two hours south of Vancouver. Um, what, what are some more affordable places in Vancouver that you would see as really good vacation rental markets? In mm, BC. So Vancouver's out of the question itself. If you like, <laughs> but in BC, Um, it really like the interior is picking up a lot more. So like I said, Penticton is where I'm looking. Um, you can get a full, uh, like three to four bedroom house for 500,000 there. Um, so that's really well. And it's close to the beach. The weather's hot, like the summers are get cold, but like in, uh, sorry, the winters get cold, but in the summer, it's super hot out there. Um, like LA weather, I guess you would say. Um, so a lot of people try to tra- travel out to there. That's where you can still get more for your money. It used to be like Kelowna, but now Kelowna's booming. So those prices are going a lot higher. Um, anything in Alberta, if you have some properties in Banff, anything in Alberta, like Edmonton, Calgary is good, mm-hmm. especially if you're marketing to people that are like in the oil and gas industry, because they come over so that's one of the things that i absolutely love when it comes to short-term rentals is like doing especially coming from a marketing background is doing the research on your ideal guest and who you're marketing to um and when it comes to like calgary and edmonton places like that that are super affordable you can get a huge house like a mansion for like 500 i think in some areas um but there's a lot of workers that are coming for two weeks on a week off and so on and so forth. And they get paid LOA to find somewhere to sleep. And a lot of these guys are like in, are trying to rent houses or they're stuck in hotels and they're sick of eating out every day. Um, So that is a great market for that clientele because not only do they have money, their company's paying for where they're staying. Nice. She does her homework, Micah. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so what are what are your future plans with all this? I mean, you, you want to like manage, you want to go into more of the management side or you want to have arbitrages or you want to, you know, purchase or you want to do everything. So I love I'm I'm a creative always at heart and I kind of have like a short attention span when it comes to certain things. Um, So I love to kind of dip my foot in as many as possible to, you know, keep those creative juices flowing. But right now, so right now I manage I have a couple interior design projects that I'm doing for clients on the side. So that's why I kind of I probably have to go back home to Vancouver in February for some projects. 
Um, but on top of that, I do coaching. So I love the coaching aspect, um, and educating others how to do this. But with that, um, the plan is not only am I thinking of doing a product line, um, for some essentials and stuff like that, but the long-term goal is a boutique hostel, Um, so that's what I'm kind of saving up towards, uh, to kind of do, and then hopefully franchise. Nice. Nice. You know, I, I, I talked to, um, I've talked to my partner Federico a lot about, as as I said, in Europe, they got some really cool hostels Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. In the United States, I don't really know of any, I mean, there might be some around, but I don't, it's not like a uh, Europe. It's like a, it's a lifestyle thing over there. Right. Yeah. The young, the youngsters go backpack all over Europe and they stay in hostels. And I said, and it sounds, you know, everybody thinks, Oh, what about the movie where they kill you? You know, hostel. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, no, no, they're really cool. It's, you know, you could either share a room with strangers or have your own room or, you know, share a bathroom or have your own bathroom. And then there's always like a like a place that everybody can congregate, like, you know, a mm-hmm. bar area with tables and stuff. And you meet people from all over the world. And I love that concept. I'm like over here, you know, traveling through the States, everybody just wants their own space. Don't want to really mix it up with people. And but I know that the youngsters would love something like that. And then, so when you said that, I was like, man, you know, that would be cool to start something like a hostile type experience in the United States. A hundred percent. And that's what, when I, I tra- I did a solo trip traveling through Europe and that's kind of where the, I got the idea and especially doing, you know, seeing how cool the concept is. And I'm sure like, have you guys heard of like Soho house, that kind of like membership club, they have properties all over the world as well. They're a bit more elite. Um, but you know, with great interior design and, a well thought out idea and like bringing that community aspect together in the hostels. I think it's definitely, um, you know, a idea that can really grow as much as I want it to. Sweet. Me and Steve almost bought a hostel one time. (laughs) We did. We did. Well, it was, it was a, it was a ghetto little (laughs) motel, but we were going to turn it into a hostel. Yeah, it was it was right perfectly in a residential neighborhood and everything. It was just a little, yeah, a little rundown. A little ghetto, but but the craziest part, you had like a there's like a giant field behind it. Mm-hmm. You had the perfect view of the Dallas skyline. I was like, yeah. wow. You had oh, like a million wow. dollar view, but it was in a little bit in the in the hood. So I was like, well, you know, the youngsters don't care about that so much. So we could just throw a bunch of youngsters in there, you know, make a little hostile experience for them, a little pool, a little hot tub, boom. Yeah. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, now a new concept to look for. I think there's tons of potential behind it. As long as, yeah, you got to do it right. And then there's so many different avenues. Like one of the hostels that I absolutely loved was in Barcelona. And Mm. the rooms were amazing. They had great spaces for people to connect and play board games or like the kitchen and everything like that. But then they also had like this super hip um restaurant and cocktail bar in the main level and so there's like if you think about it there's multiple revenue streams right there for you um you know and with behind airbnb and the other platforms that are out there and then everyone learning like direct booking now like it's a shoe in right like as long as you make sure the numbers make sense um, and your marketing makes sense, there's no reason why it shouldn't be successful. Mm. So what's your um, your hostel company going to be called? Oh, that, I don't know. I haven't thought that far yet on the name, but we will, we'll see from there. Names have to like, I'm really picky when it comes to names that has to like come to me. So like, I love like my company is my interior design stuff's just under my name. Um, but like my program and everything's thanks for booking. Um, but my marketing agency a while ago, I used to have was called like air media and that Mm. I literally had to come, came to me as I was in the middle of a yoga class, um, because of the teacher said it and she said what the meaning was and I loved it. So I was like, I was like, that's the name. That's it there. After like trying so many different random things. (laughs) <laughs> air media mm-hmm. a-y-u-r yeah and oh, it's based a- off of like the ayurveda technique so it i really liked that concept um and it was unique i i always want a name that's unique so i'm sure whatever i do pick it will be 
unique and out there, um, but classy at the same time. <laughs> mm, nice. Triple T's. <laughs> That's no triple T. <laughs> That's cool. So like, I don't know. I guess it, it guess it differs from, you know, country to country, state to state, but like, okay. Say in the United States, you, you've done so many in the States, right? Some, mm-hmm. um, okay. So do you do mostly one bedrooms or two bedrooms? What's your, which one do you have you done more of? So in the States I manage, so I'm doing more of the ma- property management out there and I've done things from two bedrooms to like guest houses to airstreams, you name it. And you've designed, you remote designed them? Um, I have remote designed some properties. Most of the ones that I'm picking, I'm managing right now, the client, like the owners actually designed them and they did really well. So anytime, if they have a question, they just hop on FaceTime and say, is this good or not? And then I let them know from there. But uh, these owners were pretty good when it came to design. Okay. I guess what I'm getting at is... um, how much could you could you really make a like a one bedroom one bath condo? How much would it cost to make it look really cool, or a, even a two two? Really cool. So it's I, I feel like I'm cheating because it's different because I get like interior design discounts. Um, but you know, like I used so for my students, for example, like they can furnish one bedrooms for like thirty five hundred under five thousand, right? Those are my but like over the years of how I've like grown, I take on, you know, one bedrooms, I'll say 10 to 15,000 to furnish, but that's like high end, nicer stuff. Um, you know, turnkey ready completely has everything that you could even think of like rice cookers, you know, chopsticks, anything that you could think of like this house has it. Um, but you know, most of the time I'm doing like two bedrooms, now, if it's my own house, I'm probably doing a two bedroom for like 10 grand. But like, if it's a client's, it's a little bit different because then they're paying me to do the service. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And so who puts it like on a remote? How do you who puts it together for you in, in a remote design type deal? So I usually find a team that's in there. So I use different platforms like TaskRabbit or anything like that uh, to kind of assemble a team. Sometimes the owners like to be involved in that aspect as well. Um, And if it makes sense, I'll even fly out. So. Oh, wow. You'll fly out to do it. That's that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's a bigger property. Yeah. Mm. No, no, like, how how has that worked for you? Because I have some designers, they say, like, using TaskRabbit, sometimes it's an issue, sometimes it's not, you know, depending on the location. Like, how's TaskRabbit worked out for you for your designs? I think it just depends who you you pick. I do know that, obviously, if you want someone good, you have to kind of invest in that person. So it's usually a bit higher on the price point. Um, But I do like to kind of, like, have a Zoom call with them, interview them, make sure they're a good fit. And during that call, I kind of set the guidelines of like, okay, these are what my expectations are. This is how the companies ran. And like, can you, um, you know, present yourself in that manner? If not, then we're not a good fit. So I kind of lay down the law right away because I don't want, and there's no, I want no room for error. Um, And even with that, I try to like plan to have a backup just in case. Uh, but I think as long as, yeah, lay down the law, show your cards and you're pretty, I've been pretty lucky. Um, the only time something has ever happened, which is like a cleaner couldn't show up cause she got in a car accident, which makes mm. a lot of sense. Um, she's okay, which was good. Uh, but it did make sense. And, you know, even with that, she found someone else to replace her instead of me having to stress and go do it. So I, I think, I pride myself on a good team and I like to make sure that everyone's well taken care of um, in that team. And that's how you kind of keep everyone happy. And then you're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. So professional, uh, you use professional photography, correct? A hundred percent. Okay. And so what are are you, well, if you can't, if you can't be there with them, um, you suggest that the the homeowner is there with them while they take photos and, 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 and what do you, what kind of tips do you, what do you tell the photographer to capture? 
So I have, um, that's kind of the benefit of me having a course, I guess, because I have like a whole write-up of like what the photographer, what type of photos, what format, which way they should be taking them, what kind of detailed shots I want to see. So that's something I send, I send to the photographer. I also have a call with them, making sure certain aspects that I want to see. Um, if my client, like if the clients like to be the owners want to be there, it's always better that they can be there or like one of my cleaners or one of my runners uh, be there. But other than that, they're, they're pretty good. And then they send me the photos. If there's any photos that I think that they've missed, I send them right back there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So you said you have a course and a mint, and I think you said you do coaching. So what is that all about? How does that, how do, yeah. What do you do with your coaching and uh, your course? So I did a hybrid. So originally I was doing one-on-one coaching, but the way I structured my one-on-one coaching, I kind of based it off of my learning style. Um, and so at the same time of me doing one-on-one coaching, I don't do one-on-one so much anymore. I do group now. Um, but I created a whole course out of Kajabi. So there's nine modules teaching everything from, you know, how to start, build, scale, and automate your short-term rental business. Um, And in that, basically, when I first started and I was doing one-on-one coaching, the students would do the modules and then they would release every week. And then I would have a coaching session with them one-on-one and answer anything that the modules didn't already like make clear. Um, now with group coaching, it's bi-weekly. Um, so you're kind of like double, you double dip in bit. And it's, I find that the students do really well with this because not only are they learning at their own pace with the course, then I'm there for the additional support to kind of give clarity on anything or help them search for properties. Um, you name it. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what made you want to get into coaching? Mm, I think more, more freedom of like not being in the business as much. I want to work on the business, not in it all the time. So that's kind of why I went in that direction. But it's so funny because like I said, I love, I love the hospitality aspect and I love helping people. So I did find when I transitioned from one-on-one to like group and doing it from weekly to bi-weekly, I kind of like, so like, what are my students doing now? And I'm like wondering what they're up to. Cause I feel like I'm not talking to them enough um, now that I've kind of like given myself more free time and stepped back. But um, that, so that's a transition from there, I guess, not mothering as much. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. I, I guess, I guess that could be like, they say, you know, like you said, work on the business that in the business and, and try to like outsource or push off as much as you can. But then you can pull back in if you uh, you do like the whole one on one with people or talking to a group. I mean, you could you could bring that back into it. Yeah, well, I love it. And, you know, like one thing I'm pretty big on, like, I want to make sure that everyone's successful in this kind of business. So like I say to every single one of my students, like your success is my success. So if you're not successful, then that's a reflection of me. Right. So I want to be a good leader and a good coach. So to make sure that you are being successful in your journey and making the right choices down that, of course, everyone has to learn their own choices. So sometimes if you see that they're going a little off the path, it's hard to be like, no, or anything like that. (laughs) But, um, no, I love, I love every aspect of it. And it's been a huge learning curve for me too, because going from, you know, doing it in your own and I, you really realize how many things are not whatever I thought was just like natural or like common sense. You realize that's not for a lot of other people. <laughs> um, so I, every time I'm like always adding more modules and um, in our Facebook group, I actually have, uh, guest speakers and experts come every month uh, to do a workshop with all my students. Um, so anyone can kind of jump on during that time. And we cover things, you know, I feel like a lot of the time in this industry um, and others, of course, it's mindset. So we cover a lot of like uh, speakers that come in and talk about money mindset and how to shift mm. your mindset and everything like that. So tons of different things, even um, biz- like how to get business credit, you name it. We've had tons and even Mark Simpson in for direct booking. I love it. I love it. 
What mm-hmm. um what site do you use to create your modules? Kajabi. Um, it's so funny because at first I was like, oh man, this is expensive for this platform. Um, because I go from like making my own websites or anything like that, but I, I absolutely love Kajabi. Um, I know some other people use things like Podia out there. I'm not too familiar with theirs, but I kind of like how Kajabi's all in one. They do have some growing to do when it comes to like their email marketing and everything like that. But I think with like the modules and how easy it is for the students um, makes things a lot easier. Cool. And so what all does your program cover? Like the A to Z of, of what your program covers? everything from the beginning. So how I've broken it up is like a step-by-step thing. So like it's it's, whatever pace you're at, you can kind of choose your own adventure, but it does start from like, what is Airbnb? What are short-term rentals to like how to secure your LLC or your incorporation if you're in Canada. Um, And then we talk about, you know, setting up insurance, setting up the properties, interior design and furnishing, um, I have a whole section on like who your ideal guest is. And I have every student actually has their own ideal guest persona worksheet. So mm. by the end of the stage, they've already filled out this worksheet um, and all these workbooks and templates that I provide you um, that I wish I had when I got started. Um, and it's pretty cool because as the modules go, so like we do furnish furnishing, we do setting up your listing um, the professional photos, how to personalize your listing, um, how to offer a five-star experience to guests. We talk, cover direct booking, the other platforms that you can go on other than Airbnb, um, marketing and branding, bookkeeping, you name it, all of it, and then scaling and automating. Wow. That is awesome. Everything, everything. So if I might ask, what is your, your, the normal price of your, of your, um, of your program and what is the LLT, you know, fans price of the, of your program? <laughs> if they mentioned live, let thrive, what, what kind of, what kind of deal could you do for? Yeah, well, um, right now. So right now the program is, I broke it up. It's funny because the one-on-one coaching, more people loved the one-on-one coaching and less of the kind of like broken up. So now it's got me like, Hmm, thinking what I should do in the future. But, um, the program is kind of like their own tiers right now where they have the course, just the course is nine 97, um, for people that's no additional support, but you have lifetime access to the Facebook group, um, which is good. And then the, support if you want the bi-weekly coaching that's 1497 us mm-hmm. um and you have access to the course as well and then there is an upgrade i can't remember off the top of my head what the upgrade is i think it's an additional 597 uh gets access to me on boxer and uh we have two or three one-on-one coaching sessions uh through that time frame as well so it's it's pretty affordable in my mind for the value you're getting and the support you're getting um but yeah live let thrive price we i'm definitely open to something like that we can sneak a discount in um depending on what the student what uh your guys's audience is looking for cool LLT discount. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to drop our names when you when you hit her up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a very a very important question. Um, who did your eyebrows? They're perfect. Oh yeah, they're microbladed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, they won't they won't wash off. No. Um. Yeah. Uh. My good friend Rachel, who is an artist when it comes to microblading. Um. So she moved away to Toronto. So anytime she's flies back to Vancouver, I book her, but yeah, they're that good. Yeah. They're really good. We should, we should get those done. Micah. Yeah. We'll get you an appointment. (laughs) 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 He's thinking for sure. You must be, you have COVID you're getting delusional. now. (laughs) (laughs) I know good eyebrows when I see them. I Well, cool. What are some, what are some, I always ask like, especially interior designers, what are some like um, uh, tricks and hacks and stuff like that you could do at a place that like a little, a little small thing that can go a long way, you know, it don't cost a lot of money, but you can like really, you know, blow away a guest. 
Honestly, I think, you know, like in every property, the how the bed presents itself in a room is everything that can make or break it. So going the extra mile, like you want to have, you know, crisp white linens to give that luxury feel. But I also love to have, you know, a nice duvet. Sometimes I do not, I don't do crazy on color with duvet. I do neutral tones. So like, you know, off whites, um, beiges or, uh, grays for duvet covers and, having fun with like the pillows that's a nice pop to the room so I think how you make the bed look is everything um I love to I'm big on like artwork so what I do in each space is because I want to save I just buy frames from Ikea and I'll go download from like Unsplash have you guys heard of Unsplash online Unsplash yeah, so Unsplash is a free stock photo website. Um, photographers and Instagrammers upload their photos all over. You can literally search anything and they will have a beautiful photo of it and you can get it blown up and printed in any size and throw that in those frames and look like you spent, you know, a thousand bucks or a couple thousand on artwork just in your home. Hmm. It sounds like Unsplash plus Canva might be the play. I'm not the yeah. Unsplash out. <laughs> Unsplash is more artistic. Like Canva, of course, if you want to make like your own, um, your own things. Like I'm pretty big, like on the welcome books and everything like that, and having a great house manual that's branded to your property. Uh, so that I make on Canva, and I make that for my students as well. Um, but when it comes to like art unsplash and if you want like abstract stuff um home home goods it's called in your area it's called home sense out here so <laughs> that's the one thing but they have good artwork i love finding like decor and knickknacks from home sense or even amazon or anything like that but you know it's it's all in the detail right it's in it comes down to the detail so the more finite things that you think of that make the space unique um, and add a special touch, the better, the better you will do. People no, are I, looking for the Instagram worthy uh, properties. Right. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. You know, I guess, I guess that uh, it makes a lot of sense when you said the bed, you know, because mm-hmm. back in the day, back in the day when everybody was using hotels, that's the only choice everybody had, right? You open the door. First thing you see is the bed and it's like all made up like, you know, really nice, you know, it's got that thing, that sash over there, you know, fancy stuff, the pillows. And it's like, it's like the first thing you see back because, you know, hotels are just a, a big bedroom, right? With a bathroom. And, um, but as people got into doing Airbnbs and stuff like that, um, that's a, it's still something that old, that, that people don't do at their own house, right? They don't, you don't make, you, no one makes the bed like that at your own house. So you want to feel, it, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Like the, the, the famous Marines saying, make your bed every day, whatever. But I mean, <laughs> that you make it all pretty and that's cool. But us dudes, I guess we don't really do that too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that's really cool because you want to give them the, the, the impression that they're staying somewhere else. You know, they're not staying at their mm-hmm. own house, you know. And so I do like that tip. Um, what other what else? Like, OK, as soon as you walk into an Airbnb, what I mean, what is something cool that they see right away? That's like, wow, you know, it's cool. I like this place. I'm it's not an interior design trick, but I am huge on like welcome baskets and personalized thank you cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more like I say this every time, but when I'm booking for a place and I'm sure it goes the same way for you guys, when you're looking at a property you, you sure is like, I, I can't swear on here, um, but you don't <laughs> yeah, want you to can, be, you can. Oh, I can't, okay, <laughs> well, you sure as hell don't want to be booking a property. I know that one's not a total bad well, word, yeah, I know, but, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but you don't want to be getting a property that looks as equal or less than the house that you're currently living in, right? So you want something that is going to be the creme de la creme and people want, I don't care what people say at any level that you're at, when you go somewhere, if you're getting treated like it's luxury and it's a higher end experience, you're going to love that no matter what. So if there's a personalized card and, you know, a bottle of wine or, you know, some nice treats for you or something well thought out that's welcoming you that 
when you're there anything could have like not anything could happen but like let's say the dishwasher broke and leaked everywhere the fact that I started off with that those guests are probably not going to care about that dishwasher leak as much because they've already been like oh it's been so great already or anything like that so I try to personalize as much as I can throughout the process um even with our check-in when we check in with the guests to make sure their stay is good um Things that I added touches that I like um, in the bathrooms are huge. Uh, people want, you know, people forget toothpaste, people forget hair dryers, anything like that, which are the essentials, but you can definitely elevate what you're offering in that space. You know, um, feminine products for women, robes, slippers, you know, higher end um, body washer are essentials that you can offer in the space. So really anything if you can think of every area or aspect that someone would potentially use, then it's like that much easier to please your guest along the way. Mm. Oh, do you get a lot of repeat business at your places? Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of film industry members, they like it. They want to book out places. We've had ones that, um, loved. That's the other thing I do. So, um, a lot of my designs when they're like my personal places or like when I was working for the developer and doing places for them as well, um, they, I would design each room differently. So one bathroom would be super cool, crazy, like tile that went on the floor all the way back to the wall, to the ceiling. Um, and then each bedroom had its own separate vibe. Uh, so like one bedroom was like green and I called it the music room and it had like vinyl records everywhere. And it had more of the like rock and roll kind of art and everything like that. And then the, the room beside it, which was like a twin was bohemian style. And then the master was more luxurious and dark and moody. So like the more that you kind of give people to work with, you know, the more that they're going to come back. And with that one, um, we had an actor stay in there that they loved it so much that they were adamant about having that same property the following <laughs> year. So we had to move another guest um, to a different property and convince them that that property was the one that they wanted just to keep the long-term repeat business uh, with the actor. So was it uh, Denzel Washington? No, I wish. TV series actor, yeah. Uh, popular? We'd know them. Uh, the one hundred. Yeah, who? <laughs> I don't. It was a girl. She's a blonde girl. I can't remember her name. No, now. Clark from the one hundred <laughs> stayed in your place. That's crazy, <laughs> yo! Now, hold am on, I allowed? Is this a confidentiality uh, breach? I'm doing? No, <laughs> oh, my, we want to damn it. Yeah, I watched the 100. Now, now that's my question. Now, how are you getting them attracted to your place? Is it like, are you like in a high rise, or is it just your design? That was a house. Um, the design did well in that. That house actually, you wouldn't believe. I, I'm saying too much on here. Um, that house was. I guess before we renovated it, it was listed as like a grow up, I guess somebody mm -hmm. had in. So we gutted the place, completely redesigned it and everything. I had full whatever I wanted to do. I put it into that house, um, which was amazing. But the way that we're they fell in love with the design, which is just the plus. But what how we were marketing to places was we would just call like Airbnb is one avenue, right? And you mm -hmm. guys know this. There's so many different ones out there. But we were more boots to the ground, um, making relationships with the production offices in the area and everything like that. So we knew um, there's spreadsheets that online that you can like see for the film industry when they come in and you know what movies are being shot where and everything like that. So we would go to these production offices and pitch to them and be like, hey, if you have anyone that needs to stay somewhere, here's what we have to offer. And we would have our website up of all the different properties, um, or uh, in that case, a flyer of all the different properties for them to view. And they would hit us up. We had ones like I did this one I um, just did interior design for, but we I did a three bedroom 
a state is what they call it in a high rise in Vancouver. It's called in the Vancouver house high rise. And it's like one. it was one of the like top buildings. Um, and that was a three bedroom, three bathroom condo. Um, and I think that one, we rented it out uh, to the film industry right away. And I think it was, uh, what was it? 14,000 a month or something just for that one property. Yeah. So like, it's, it's crazy, but that was a high end property. I think like we ended like that client had a big budget. I think their interior design budget was like $50,000 or something like that. So it was, it was crazy. That house is like magazine worthy, but other than that, like these other properties, they're amazing. Um, my own property that I did a flip on was amazing um, and got like lots of um, interest in that one and was easy to sell. So it's it really just depends who you market to. And if you put yourself out there, like same thing with like insurance claim companies, um, we let them know that we have properties for people uh, all the time as well. But yeah. No, I have a question. You said you were boots on the ground with the film locations. Like how would someone in the States get access to that? Is there a specific place you go to or how do you go about doing that? You got So um, you would want to know, do you know anyone in the film industry? If you no. know someone, then you usually have an in. But if you just like Google, um, I'm sure if you Google, I don't know what it's called. It's different out here. But if you just Google like film production offices in your area, um then you can see what those offices are um and then just call them call their hr company or their production office and just say hey like i have a place it's the same thing for like i know in the states you guys do like more and more people do government contracts out there mm -hmm. but it's the same kind of setup as that but you're just saying i have a property this is what it looks like if you need somewhere to stay and that's the same thing with the film industry like they need places to stay no matter what state you're in. People are filming somewhere, right? So, yeah, especially Vancouver, right? It's a big film industry. Mm -hmm. Huge right uh, now because everyone, everyone in the states gets tax breaks if they come over here. Good, good point. Now, now, are you only just housing them, or have you like hopped into where like you kind of peer space it and you actually offer them a place to film? Have you hopped into that space? I haven't opted into that yet, but it's definitely on my mind. There is a lot of competition out here for like um, photography studios and kind of like things like that. You can list your property um, on, uh, there's actually a website that you can list your house on and production offices will contact you because your house is already listed on that for filming. Um, but in my case, I think it's better for renting because I do know a lot of people in the film industry and if they're renting a space, they do sometimes make like alterations or like move things around and change stuff like that. Mm. So I don't know how I'd feel about that, but I'm sure they make it worth the time. <laughs> yeah. Peer space. Yeah. We, we had a couple of peer space bookings at one of our places and yet yeah, it's, like six hundred dollars in two hours. I was like, dang! It definitely makes yeah. you reconsider some stuff. So yeah, this is definitely <laughs> well. Good. The property, the property that I manage in the states, um, one of them in Atlanta, they we allow pure space on that one because it's like the whole backyard is kind of like a vibe. It has like an air picnic tables, barbecue, and they have mm -hmm. the airstream and a guest house. Um, so they were doing more peer spacing for that one, but I think it definitely got, they, it was like more music videos and stuff like that. <laughs> see, see now, now how much an hour were you guys charging on something like that? Like a music video? That one was like, I think it was like 400 for an hour or like two based off of what they were doing. Okay. Yeah, you can't go mm -hmm. wrong. That that's like because me and my partner Mike, we've been talking about this. It was like, man, we need to hop further in this peer space. Like the money you make on a few hours, it's like, eee, you know. So yeah, no, it's it's definitely good if you can do it and if you offer space. Like we had even people that just wanted to throw. They loved the backyard so much. They just wanted to throw like picnic birthday parties or like things like that. And like that's the easy stuff because you know it's not like getting out of hand or anything. Like yeah. a, a music video can get out of hand. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> can, you, can you say something for me real quick? Me? Yeah. Can you say the sentence, I'm about to ride in a boat? Oh, no. <laughs> I... Come on, please. For, for our fans. 
I'm about to run <laughs> about. You guys get me with that one all the time. I don't. I don't think. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. <laughs> I'm about to ride in a boat. <laughs> Sorry, it's a Canada thing. No, you're good. Sorry it is that. a Canada thing. And well, even us apologizing and saying sorry is a Canada thing. Yeah, you're so polite. You're so polite. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, this has been a great show. Um, no, I'm yeah. excited. Thank you for hopping. Where can people find you? Of course, I'm on Instagram at Tatiana TT, um, as well as at www.thanksforbooking.com. Thanksforbooking.com. Cool. Anything else you'd like to say to our fans and listeners out there? No, the, well, to... it's. It's been a pleasure being on the show. You guys are super funny. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like everyone keep watching. They are dropping gems constantly. And, you know, that thing you're thinking about doing, just do it. Just get started. Because so many times if I, you know, held my, I was the thing holding myself back until I just dove head in. And, you know, if you don't know everything, that's okay. Find, you know, learn, educate yourself as much as possible, learn from a mentor, um, you know, or do a course, but either way, just say yes and figure it out later. <laughs> and this is your full-time gig now, right? Yep. Wow. You just work, uh, you work on your own. You don't, you don't work for, you don't punch a time clock and nothing. Oh man, I wasn't good at that anyways. So. <laughs> 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 I feel you. <laughs> well cool well thanks for hopping on Got any more questions micah that was it yeah thank you for hopping on i always love your facebook stories the spilling tea on airbnb i love those so keep doing it oh spill it what's that so about much. i just heard yeah, spilling tea oh, on yeah. airbnb every thursday so micah was on one of them so every thursday i do a spilling the tea on airbnb so i have a guest speaker come on um ig live and we just chop it up and talk and you know drop gems as much as possible and you know, see as much different things or things that are similar in the short-term rental industry. Oh, uh, okay. It's not like it's not like drama stuff, or it could be. <laughs> I wish it was drama. I was thinking someone. Oh, I can't remember what the. Oh, that's what. So my fiance was saying I should come out with a spinoff show, and don't be stealing this from me, you guys, because it's good. <laughs> but you know. Um, the Zach, I, I'm going to butcher Zach Galifianakis, the yeah. Between Two Ferns. Yeah. He was saying I should do a spinoff of Between Two Bookings and just do like spoofs of everything Airbnb that's just like horrible and interview people <laughs> like him. Oh, yeah. His <laughs> channel's pretty funny. He's, yeah, he's got some pretty funny stuff on Airbnb. That would that, be a good idea. <laughs> I don't know if I could be that, like, I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face, though. So that's the <laughs> one thing. <laughs> awesome well thank you tatiana triple t for hopping on thank you and we'll keep in touch and hope maybe hop on another show in the future we'll get on that spilling tea stuff again yes Thanks. thank you guys so much for having me and i hope you have a good night you right. too enjoy right. yourself all right man that was episode 191 of your favorite airbnb vrbo podcast stevie stacks 191 we're almost at 200 I know, bro, man. It's crazy. I hate we missed last week. I was out with the vid. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully I don't got it. We'll find out tomorrow. But um, yeah. I hope I think it's just a little allergies, head cold kind of type of deal. But, you know, it yeah, happens. Hopefully it's, it is, man. It's winter. So sickness is happening anyways, right? Yeah. And then, like, I, I felt good. But then you just can't be around people. So it's like, yeah, you got to be depressed in the house. So. It is what it is. But I'm sure you were hustling at the house. Yeah, I, I actually took a little bit of a break, man, because, like, man, I couldn't be around my daughter when it first happened. So I'm just kind of, oh. like, isolated. I kind of got depressed. So then I just kind of then I got all back on my hustle. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, but, it happens, man. Well, 191 and many more to go. This is a sure. fun ride we're on. And, um, yeah, we get, uh, I guess we're going to slip in a me and you up pretty soon. Yes, sir. Got to, man. Got Tell to. everybody what's going on. One of the things I, I I texted you the other day was like, hey, man, I just reached out to my credit union about a line of credit. They gave me like 25000 just like that. And I was oh, like, oh, man. Like, damn, really? Right. That's yeah. it? <laughs> no, and, and I know, I, I don't know, I guess, yeah, people know you're about to get ready to, you know, jump ship as well. And I also want to say, tell people, man, get those three lines of credit before you leave. Your personal, your business, and your home equity. 
So when I left my nine to five, I had all three. So basically I had well over six figures in lines of credit. So I had 35,000 in personal line, a 50 K business line and a 70,000 home equity line. And I can just use that as cash to burn or do whatever I want to do. So man, if you're about to leave your nine to five, make sure you get those things in order and you have them before you leave. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good advice. And, um, the business line, how, how did you go about getting the business line of credit? Let me, and I'm happy you asked that because a lot of people ask about that. Uh, after you file business lines, you can build it up with trade lines. I know real people are real big on trade lines, but what I'm real big is on business lines of credit. So what I did was I filed, I, I only banked with Wells Fargo my first two years in business. And then when I was only banking with them, I, uh, I was filing my, I did my, I filed my taxes for two years straight while only banking with Wells Fargo. After the two years, I went in there and asked them, Hey, can I get a line of business line of credit? This is how much money they looked at, how much money I had going through. They looked at my account. They're like, cool. And they approved me for 50 K. Now I'm about to go in there. I asked them. Now they said you, if you have 15%, they'll give you up to whatever you have 15% of whatever you have in the bank. So if you have, they'll go up to like, let's say you want a hundred thousand, you need 15% of that in the bank. So I am going to try to extend it up to hundred K or more. And the good nice. thing about those business lines of credit, what you could do, like, let's say you wanted to do the burst strategy. You could buy a property with your uh, personal line or your home equity line. Right now that that's going to show up on your credit, but then you can rehab it with the business line. It doesn't show up on your credit. And then you just tell them at your refinance table, Hey, I need you to put, send this money back to my home equity line of credit. So they know, Hey, oh, okay. So you're wiping out the DTI. So a lot of good ways, but your goal oh, is cool. to get like so much business lines of credit that it can cover the rehab purchase or whatever you're trying to do. Nothing's on your credit report. Sweet. Yes. Sir. And of course, get as many credit cards as you can, right? Before you jump. Yes, ship. Matter of <laughs> fact, I'm happy you brought that up. Uh, speaking of credit cards, man, I have like, I was showing this to somebody. I forgot who it was. These are all credit card applications that I always keep. So if anything ever goes wrong, man, I can just go hop into another credit card for 0% APR for a year, you know, and then I got a whole bag full of them. So always keep your credit card applications. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. That's a, yes, that's a great hack right there. And then, you know, I learned that at a rich dad, poor dad, real estate seminar. Dude, mm. The lady, uh, she was like, yeah, always keep your business, your credit card applications, never throw them away. In case you just need one real quick, you have a 0% APR, you just need some quick cash, you know, mm. always keep those. Yeah, always fill them out. Yeah, and when you need them, fill them out, get as many, and then fill out as many as you can at one time, especially online. Open up a bunch of tabs, fill out like 15 biz, business lines of cre business credit cards. So then it's not just steady hitting your, your credit report if you have to PG some of them. Wow, that is cool. <laughs> that is cool, man. <laughs> Well, this is a fun show, and um, yeah, it's, it's Live, Let, Thrive. Where can people find us? Man, you can find us on IG at Live, Let, Thrive. Email us. You can email our personal and our Live, Let, Thrive email, livelettrive at gmail.com. I think, Steve, what are you, Chess Art and Rock at gmail.com? Yeah, yeah. Argus Reynolds, Argus Reynolds at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah hit us up. Yeah. yeah, we'll manage your place. We'll make it a, we'll make it a, a million dollars a month. She said, well, she said 14 grand a month she was making on that Airbnb. That's pretty solid right there. Yes, sir, man. Can't beat that. Man, man. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. There's so many ways to skin a cat, and every time someone else comes on, we learn something new. Yeah, man. Thank y'all for continuing to listen because, man, we, we got and we got some heavy hitters coming. So we're we going to keep doing this thing. We're trying to get up to episode 500, like the bigger pockets, you know? So there we so, go. All right. We are out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye bye.